1: Hi, everyone. My name is Boya Koloday. And I'm Chris Sautel. And welcome to The Future Forecast, a podcast where we explore the intersection between business, technology, and entertainment. Today, we're looking ahead. We're going to talk about OpenAI's new generative video tech, how content creators are advocating for better payment conditions, and the rising star of Travis Kelsey. But first, let's catch up. And
0: and if, in catching up, if I may say, it's raining, it's pouring. The old man, he may be snoring. <laughs> But cut that music and let me tell you at the People's Choice Awards, freaking Billy Eilish talking shit on I saw the TikTokers, my friend. Shit on the social talent that debatably helped make some of her music so big.
1: Mm, I saw that. I think the first I saw of it was Bryce Hall responding to Billy. I I I didn't know what was going on. She was a table next to him. Oh yeah, yeah. And I watched it and. And, like, the thing that I think hurt the most was, like, he's like, I'm a fan. <laughs> like this is, this is sad. Bryce <laughs> plays it up.
0: Bryce plays it up. He knows what he's doing. He totally knows what he's doing. Not to say that I don't get why she,
1: why she was doing it. Or yeah. why even. Why say it? Why yeah. say it? What do you get out of that? Yeah. It is interesting. And it looked like it was a private conversation that was happening. And they, they just caught the. But she, she, she had her hand, like, you know, covering her mouth.
0: But, but did, there are. I was there. There are 50 cameras on you at all times. Literally everyone, we're all this close. Also, there are people staring at you in the crowd. Literally, like, Billie Eilish is right in front of them at a dinner. And they're just like, Billie, Billie! And then there's, like, VIP seats. And, like, those people are behind us, you know, as if, like, they're part of the Coliseum staring at the performance. So,
1: basically, it's no surprise that as much as she tried to hide it, we heard it. I think what's interesting, though... And you, you were kind of alluding to it. It's like, for me, it's like, why, why the shade it almost, it unravels and opens a can of worms of, of how people maybe view TikTok influencers, quote unquote. But for me, it's kind of comical because yeah, people's choice award invited them because no one's watching people's choice awards unless those TikTokers Mm -hmm. are there as awesome as Billy is. You know, I don't know that your average person's like, let me just see Billy win an award. It's, yeah. it's that, you know, the Bryce Halls of the world are there. This very much highlights to me,
0: It's not even a hot take. It's more just the reality of where we are. When content was being crafted back in the day, eyeballs were not hard to contend with. Because on the radio, there was only like two stations, or right? when, when it started to become commercialized. Yeah. Similarly with television. And then now with the internet, everyone is fighting for eyeballs it's kind of what we talked about last episode Mm -hmm. and i think what what i hate the most is that really what that conversation highlights it's the elitism of what content is and is not valuable Mm. it's a so true it's high school all over again yeah and again billy i love your art and and I don't know the full parameters of what that conversation was and was not. So that could be a lot of clickbait there. I'll yeah. caveat it that way. But there are a lot of traditionalists that have that type of conversation
1: where it's like, why are these people here? Yeah. What she's subtly saying is my work is more valuable than the content that they create, which is also funny because the Oscars does the same thing. It's going to be interesting to see how how this plays out. I think it might be a flash in the pan or it might be a deeper conversation. Like people might just forget about it. like. Oh, oh, moment. the commentary.
0: Yeah, but I, I, everyone will forget about the Billy of it all. But I will say that that fervor. Yeah, my dear, is thou feeling? That's really the. That's really what's being exploited is the realization or the seeing it in real life. Yeah, on video, traditional entertainment absolutely is threatened,
1: and is playing mean girl. To all the talent coming out, I love up. that. Traditional entertainment is playing Mean Girl. Another conversation, another another conversation for another time. I love talking about this, though. So let's talk about the next topic. Sora. Uh, Open AI has introduced a new generative AI technology called Sora that creates hyper-realistic videos based on user prompts, and it is causing a ton of discussion. I feel like the last week, you know, just reignited this whole AI content conversation. I will say... Open AI is on a tear. ChatGPT, Dolly, now this. Everything they're releasing is just causing heads to turn. And the, the hilarious thing is it's all content. It's all content-driven, creative-driven. And so I'm, I'm excited, actually, in particular, to see how this affects the entertainment industries, the marketing industries, everything that we've been been talking about. Sora has not yet been released to the public. It's currently really shared with a small group of academics and researchers. But the vi- some of the videos are online to the point where watermarks have to be generated on them. So people yeah. don't think they're like real. It's wild. They just came out with six or seven new videos yesterday
0: or last night.
1: Have you seen any of them? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the ones that just came out last night that I saw were, it's a literally a pizza tower.
1: There Not are pizza.
0: a pizza tower. The, the prompt, one of the prompts was very discovery, uh, discovery channel planet earth vibes where the, the text to prompt was following a trail of ants on a journey down a forest road. Is this the movie ants? (laughs) I mean, you would think that this is all BTS or proper footage captured by the videographers that are actually shooting
1: those works. How wild is it? that you can give a computer a sentence and it'll spit back to you content like video content. Like that's a world
0: we're in right now to know that you can have a conversation by way of our proper language with a computer and it codes no differently. The fact that we don't have to actually find code in computer language Mm -hmm. to do that is astounding.
1: So it's got a lot of people on the edge and naturally. So in the entertainment industry, the, Funny thing though is, AI has been around for a long time. You know, in VFX, like you know, when you're watching the big action movie and at, like they do wides, and there's all of a sudden the hundreds of thousands of of military or whatever, that's all AI generated. That's you know, and and so it's it's interesting to me that now is the time that we're sounding the alarm, whereas I think it can just empower the creatives to be better at their jobs.
0: Well, we used to use computer generated. Okay. Linguistically, it does change. Of course, technologies is is leaps and bounds to when we were calling things like during Lord of the Rings, when you would see the, the creations of it, computer generated feels oddly less, less threatening. Yeah. And I think that when you think artificial intelligence generated, Mm. you immediately go to Skynet. What's going on? Robots. Everyone talks about the jobs that are being taken away. We did talk about this off pod.
1: We should talk about the pros to this. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, if there are any, <laughs> I mean, I beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I think AI is in the eye of the beholder. So if you recall, we were talking several weeks ago about Sundance and I had made a prediction that I felt that Sundance might actually be a place where we will see an AI film and yeah. whether it's Sundance or not, it's coming. I, I do feel there's going to be an auteur director. I actually was talking to a friend the other day who's working on an AI feature and or AI content. And so it, it's coming. And whether the whole film is AI or certain scenes are AI, so I think it's going to help indie movies, TV shows. Uh, I also feel it, this is going to be big for gaming. Like when I saw this, I just thought about, the unreal engine. You know how uh several months ago the internet was going crazy seeing how unreal engine was generating photorealistic yeah environments but it was CGI. Now layer that with AI. Already Sora looks pretty good. Some of the videos could be confused with oh, actual yeah. humanity like the naked eye. They will have to have watermarks yeah. from the generated Sora yeah product no question. There are positives. I think we're going to see more content, innovative content. It's kind of the effect where, I don't know if you've heard this sort of thesis, how the young kid in Africa with with the phone can do so much for the world because he has access to the phone. Yeah. And imagine the stories you can tell now. Where you don't even need a camera to tell them you don't even need an animator to tell them
0: i understand the fear and i think we both understand the fear of what people are feeling around ai i can empathize and i can understand if you've spent years of your life learning a trade and after working tirelessly and building an entire livelihood a business think about like every every person editors editing bays and all the below the line people of any TV film project, if you are creative consultants that are helping build logos, yeah you can go on and there's literally a logo generator right now for, for people to go on, on chat GPT and just test some of their, their inspirations or their thoughts. It's scary to see that that could be vanishing before your eyes. Yeah. On the flip side, the amount of, Opportunity to the masses of people that never got to learn how to do that or didn't have the capability to learn that. I mean, imagine being a paraplegic and never being able to work on a computer the same way and having all these thoughts or images in your head of how you would craft something if you just had the ability to capture something on camera. You have the ability to actually do that now. And you, in a way, it levels, the playing field for so many that didn't have the ability to do it before.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, really deep to think about. And, and that's the hard part about this whole thing is there's two different sides of the coin. There's the positive and there's the negative. And sometimes the negative approach might outweigh things like what you're saying, even now open AI has responded to some criticism of Sora. For example, they're limiting the content to a minute. They're creating technology so you can detect if something is AI generated yeah. or not. So it's, it's the conversation is going to continue. And it's funny because I said when the writer strike happened, I, I had always said, this is going to be the first of many. And it's so uniquely ironic to me that we were just having a conversation all of last year about AI across industries. And literally three months later after it was solved, We're seeing it in our faces in a big way. I I think there's going to be more strikes maybe this year, maybe next year, because it's so palpable now they're seeing what's happening. All right. Well, we should talk about the next topic, AI. It's not going to be the last time we talk about this. This is going to be a fun one. Creator standardization when it comes to payments. So digital influencers and creators are currently pushing back against brands. To try and standardize a payment structure for their work. So basically, they feel like they're not getting paid reasonable payment terms. just seems like, at large, there's a general issue with how creators, influencers are relating to the brands who are employing them. I feel like you might have some thoughts on this, being that this is your world. It kind of brings up this idea of, like,
0: unionization. People have talked about trying to create a creator union. Yes. Count, countless I've times. Heard, I've heard this. If there was anyone that was going to do it, Hank Green, who is literally like the godfather. Of, he created VidCon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And truly, like one of the one, a very enjoyable content creators, the Greens are phenomenal. Also, one like writing, what is it? Tw- uh, not um, Fault in Our Stars, mm. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like phenomenal author. Shout out. So I guess what I would say to that, though, is like, This topic is no different than the issues that one has when it comes to chasing money for actors or directors or writers, right? I don't really find this to be anything else other than I'm an independent family-owned business or I'm a creator that happens to be 21 and I want to know where my money is and why did we not do this or why did I not get it in time? And, And not that they're complaining, they are totally in the right for their complaints. Yeah. Truly. But it's... This has been going on. I've been chasing. If I could tell the camera, like I've been chasing fricking money. (laughs) Literally, I have a client right now from a very reputable brand. Like we're talking one of the, one of the top six fortune 500 companies out there that we all know and love and use the products of haven't paid, you know, uh, and, and technically speaking, it's through the ad agency that they use. So they've probably paid them or they're late on payments or whatever the delivery is. But we're now a hundred days out. Yeah,
1: it's it is actually hilarious that you're saying that. I had the same thought. What's happening right now? Everyone feels not even just talent vendors. Yeah. get this. You know, anyone who does business on behalf of anyone else, more times than not, you are chasing down payments. I think maybe the issue here is oftentimes there's resources right. You can sick your controller or accounts receivable team on the company to, to try to get payment. The, the creator doesn't always have a huge team to push for, for yeah. that payment. One thing that I'm most interested in is what they will do about it. So there's a reason this is being highlighted. Recently, there've been a bunch of people creating videos of layoffs. And it's putting pressure on the companies that are laying them off to really rethink how they lay people off because they can just go On social media and be like, I'm getting laid off, blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like maybe creators short of a union could start to publicly shame companies for not paying them on time? Uh, yes.
0: And I mean, that's, that does happen. I mean, that does happen. And usually they, they get quieted very quickly. I mean, I remember when we were reading through this, one of the shout outs in the article that was made, it was about Whaler talent, specifically talking about how they were experimenting with new ways of trying to help Uh, accrue payments. When I think about that and I hear that we have to also remind ourselves who's writing the article, who's helping support the article, who's giving their information. And it's a great shout out to Whaler. Whaler's probably using this as a great, I've I've now mentioned them three times in the matter of the last 30 seconds. Uh, It's their way of kind of saying, Hey, are you a creator who doesn't get paid on time? We're working really hard on helping creators get paid on time and maybe the creator then questions their representation, or maybe they don't have representation and they try to find their avenue there. It also makes me think, and just as I had a thought about representation, generally speaking, what's also not factored in here is the human factor. Some talent doesn't have, it's not creator specific writer, director, actor, you know, agencies for the most part, usually are on top of their shit or management companies for that matter. When invoicing, but there are a lot of announcements of, you know, actors or creatives suing their business managers. You see those articles, X person sues business manager, sues this person sues that, because they found out that like the representative wasn't invoicing on time. So like sometimes you'll see reps kind of go, Oh yeah, yeah, we oh blame it on the brand. They haven't paid us yet. And the next thing you know, they're slipping in the invoice to get it out there because they are representing 40 clients and not sadly paying attention to every single thing that goes through.
1: All valid thoughts. One, one thing I was thinking of, as you were speaking, finance automation platform, Tipalti did a survey that said 56% of creators have received late payments and 74% of those surveyed said they have stopped working with the brand after feeling undervalued for their work. I actually don't really care too much about the survey. What I wanted to point out was the finance automation platform. Tipalti. I feel like there's an opportunity to create a finance automation platform to maybe standardize payments that creators would use. And we've seen some of this in, in the music industry. STEM, yeah. you know, is, is a big one. I don't want to say there's a decent amount out there, but there very much were businesses doing this. But we haven't yet seen an entrepreneur, a technology, really come in here and support where there is a broken system. If you're a creator at home listening to this, and you don't have
0: representation, or you do, and you you have questions about this, I just would want to leave you with noting: you really want to make sure that your team or yourself are locking yourself in to net thirty, maximum net forty-five. It's on a case-by-case basis. The sad truth is, and I'll just say this: like not all Not all talent have the wherewithal or the ability to say no, Uh, not because they don't want to, but sometimes the money is more important than fighting back on net 60 or, or net 90, which really, again, if you don't know what those terms mean, you're waiting 60 business days to then finally receive your money or 90 business days to receive the actual money after you've finalized the entire amount of work that you've done. I also fight for 50% upon signature and then 50% upon completion. That way, as you're doing the job and once you've, you've started the job, the idea is it's somewhat of a financial advancement to go commence the work that you are doing, which is content creation. You pay an editor like that's, those are fair principles to live on.
1: Yeah. I like a, a lot of what you're saying. You mentioned the representation invoicing on time. That's also key. So if you're a creator, find a way to quickly invoice, because a lot of these terms don't even kick off till the invoice is in their system, which could take 10 days. And so a lot of that's on you. But ideally, I want net pay me right now terms. That that would be great. Oh, put that in my contract. (laughs) (laughs) We got to talk about Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I like Travis. I like Travis. I I don't mind Travis, but... He's, he's becoming a rising star. So Travis Kelsey, in case you didn't know, in case you were living under the biggest rock on the planet, is the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift's boyfriend. He's exploring more and more entertainment opportunities across the board. From I like how that's his value. Sorry. I just love that. Like, and he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. We can't leave it out. We can't leave it out. It's true. Yeah, it's fair. Fair, fair. So that that brings up a point. The idea that he's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. We were only giving him the same love the actual NFL is giving him and the Chiefs. If you recall during the game, they panned to Taylor so more than the players. We were like, dude, let's see some player reactions. We don't want to see Taylor's <laughs> reactions. We want to know what Andy Reid's doing right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, him and his team, they're considering movie roles, comedy opportunities, product endorsements, sports broadcasting. The list goes on. I, look, I can't fault the guy. Take your shot, bro. Like, this is the, it's now or never. But I can't help but wonder would this be available to him if he wasn't Taylor Swift's boyfriend?
0: Well, he did do SNL prior to being in the relationship with Taylor. So that was a huge move. The fact that you got Travis Kelsey, it broadened it out a little bit. It was, He's really his niche is that Friday beers. Oh yeah, rigmarole, barstool
1: sports. I'm a guy's guy. Let's be funny and can I can I say this? Please, I don't know what you're gonna say, but you can say it. When when they won the Super Bowl and they were all on the platform, and you had Andy Reid accepting the award, you had Patrick Mahomes, and then they give the mic to Travis Kelsey, and I was concerned really I, yeah i was like this guy does he seems like a caveman i don't know what taylor's doing with this dude <laughs> <You too>? but, <laughs> he's like let's party in vegas tonight like he's just singing songs like dude what what's going on that right is now? did you see the clip
0: of him uh they're at the white house it was bla it was the year prior where they were winning and it is the funniest moment Have you seen it? No. It's probably one of the best clips I've seen in a minute. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and rewatch it. It just, it, it just, I think it's
1: so much less about what he says. It's more just that, that childish Sprite spirit. Yeah. So to that point, it's clear he's an entertainer. Yeah. That much is clear. He's a personality. So I feel like it's, it's two parts. One, it's, he's talented. He's bringing attention to himself. He's got a podcast. He was doing the podcast way before he was dating Taylor. But I can't help but wonder still, the the fervor around him right now. I feel like it's the moment that Taylor is bringing. And run with it, bro, like if you can. It makes me really think about the I don't want to get too dark, but the idea of relationships, romantic relationships playing into your bottom line. Oh, interesting.
0: I I would say that I definitely think it helps tell a story. Taylor is kind of giving him the stamp of approval to say, this guy is socially acceptable and is cool. And we can like this guy regardless of all the boxes that he might tick.
1: Yeah. Well, he went from bar stool to inviting women into the conversation with Kelsey as well, which yeah, it's broadened his horizons. I'm going to be interested to see where he goes. I, when I think of Kelsey and his opportunity, I think of The Rock. I think of John Cena, you know, what what they've done with wrestling. It's like that's of, really interesting to, like, have that be where you're going. Yeah, I mean, it, even though he's in football, it's it's the macho guy. And, you know, we'll see five years from now. I mean, he's got projects. You know, he has two projects in production as a producer. One's a movie called My, My Dead Friend Zoe. Another is a, a, you know, Basquiat documentary called King Pleasure. The White Lotus producer David Bernard is flying out to see him and maybe do a reality show. So things- if, it's not, if it's not Mike White, I don't want to see it. <laughs> if it's you know? not Mike White, we don't care. So one question for you here, and then and then we can move on. Is if Taylor were to all of a sudden break up with Travis, do you feel the momentum would continue or would it be stopped dead in its tracks?
0: I think it could continue if he was smart about how to play the media cycle. Absolutely. If it was me, I'd go in, depending on how they broke up. Cause of course, like if it was just, we're going our different pathways and whatever, you could lean heavy into doing a rom-com or I, I would instantaneously do like a, she broke my heart. Oh Yeah. Like, did you get what give, I'm saying? Give
1: Taylor a taste of her own medicine. Yes. So it plays
0: <laughs> into this whole like media cycle of like this is a love note to her because it becomes a call and response yeah. to like how people are communicating
1: using using the media to do it for yeah. you. I will say if they stay together, they will be the world's most powerful couple on the planet with his momentum and hers. All right. So <laughs> it's about that time. What time is it? Hot take. hot take?
0: Oh, really? <laughs> you went straight British? I, yeah. We're talking Americana. You know what? You threw it through Sora. I you, you, threw, <laughs> you threw your voice in Sora, and here we get the the British version. I, I heard people like the accents. All right, let's hear it. No, 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 no. What time is it? Uh, it what time is it, boy? Eh? Chris, it's hot take time.
1: <laughs> Come get your hot take.
0: <laughs> I hate you so much. That was, that was for all our Brit friends out there. I I apologize.
1: Who went first last time? Was it you or me? It was me. It's always me. You always position it to be me. I go first sometimes. I'll go first this time just to prove that I'll go first. So, uh, one piece of news that happened that I feel like a lot of people didn't talk about, but I feel has deep implications is Kai Snot's Nike streaming deal. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a game changer for large fashion brands for any brand really. But I want to, I want to create a delineation between influencer marketing and influencer partnership, right? Because, because people do influencer deals right now for streamers. That's not new. Yeah. Right. This signifies something else. It feels more like an endorsement as if they're doing a deal with Jordan or Drake, but he's a streamer Yeah, and there are other large streamers. He's arguably the biggest, but I can't help but think what happens when Adidas does this new balance does this Louis Vuitton Chanel and does partnerships and treats these live streamers as bonafide celebrities, not just live streamers. So I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a flurry of deals this year. It'll look very similar to class not steel on the same note of creator partnerships
0: similarly as we talk about sora this episode my hot take is that 2024 2020 mm, this might be a little bit more of a 2025 i'll be i'll be honest about it is that paid media is going to be so much more important it already is very important we could see so much more of the dollar migrate away from talent partnership and go towards media purchasing. Because if you look at the dollars spent to talent, if you're now able to create a fake talent by way of Sora, then you don't really need to pay for the talent to then participate. Oh, yeah. And so if your character from if Jake from State Farm no longer needs to be that face, and you now own the text to uh, creation, yeah. text to artwork, then you can go put $5 million behind your paid media. It's still sponsored. It's not going to get reacted to the same way, but yeah. you're still getting the eyeballs that you as a brand want.
1: Yeah. I think what you're saying is interesting, and in tandem what will likely happen is paid media becomes more and more accepted. All right. It was a fun day. Thank you for listening to Future Forecast. Catch us wherever you find Podcasts. Like, subscribe, review. We love you. Catch you next week. The Future Forecast is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for ACAST. Our executive producers are me, Boye Koladay, along with Fanny Baudry, Cassie Berman, and Leah Sutherland. Our audio producer is kiara Noni. Our audio engineer is Matthew Blocka. Our editor is Nick Kersimi. The podcast is hosted by yours truly, Boye Kolade and Chris Sottel.